Welcome to another episode of the Water Women Podcast, the podcast all things ocean. I'm your host, Jill. I am so stoked to introduce this week's guest. This week we're joined by the lovely Kelly Morgan, who is interning for Water Women this year. Kelly has been my right-hand girl since she started and has absolutely been amazing, and I'm so excited for you guys to all hear a little bit more from Kelly. So, Kelly, welcome to Water Women. Hi, Jill. I'm so excited to be in, be talking to you right now. Obviously, <laughs> I'm a huge fan, so uh, when you asked me to do this, I was more than willing, and um, yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. This is kind of your first introduction and no longer behind the scenes, which is really exciting. So Kelly's been working with Water Women for about a month now, has it been? Yeah, I think so. I think I I, I think I contacted you back in June. Yeah, um, sometime in June. Yeah. So yeah, a good long time. She's been doing a lot for me. <laughs> um, so Kelly, do you want to start out and tell us a little bit about like your background of yourself and who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I'll, I'll start by saying I'm uh, an integrative biology and marine science student at UC Berkeley right now. Um, and so I was interested in the field, you know, of marine science, the marine realm in general. And um, I think I stumbled upon this podcast, probably just deep in some Google search or something like that, and uh, just really loved it because each I feel like each episode I get a kind of taste of a different um kind of marine science career uh uh you know like we have like wildlife filmmakers um people doing you know more hardcore data research and so I I really enjoyed listening to the podcast for that reason um I originally start decided to study that I grew up in southern California near the ocean so it's been a part of my life, you know, for as long as I can remember. And um, when it came to deciding what I was going to do in college and and, and study, uh, it was a pretty uh, kind of si- simple decision. I, I realized, you know, that's what I love. That's what I have a passion for. And um, if I can, you know, study marine biology and be on the ocean my whole life, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how long have you been studying? Like you're in your final year of school? Yeah, so I'm going to be um, in my fourth year. I'm a rising senior. Um, I love that. And so like, it's just something you've always known you wanted to do and just kind of natural path for you. Yeah, you know, I when it when it came to deciding what I was going to study in college, I um, I knew I really liked biology in school. Um, that was always my favorite subject throughout high school. So I kind of decided I was going to study biology. Um, and I mean, the thing I loved most about biology was learning about how nature works. Um, and the summer before coming to college, I was working as a medical assistant in Los Angeles. And I really, I really liked that job, you know, the, the biology behind that job just um, learning about the human body and, and whatnot. But I, I really didn't like being inside the office all day, nine to five. I was, I felt so cooped up. And, um, I just, I, I literally remember looking out the window and wishing I could be outside and, and thinking to myself, gosh, I, I want a job in the future where I can be outside. Um, and at like 
later that day or where you know that summer or whatever I was down at the beach and it kind of like dawned on me it's like why don't I study marine biology and I was like wait why don't I study marine biology and then (laughs) I I mean ever since that moment I've kind of you know it's been it's been my plan um I think the first moment that you realize that like marine biology can be like your actual career and isn't just kind of a side like hey I really like the ocean is an absolutely magical moment yeah absolutely I like I remember the first time I was kind of like oh I I really like the ocean I think I kind of want to just see what I can do with that and my parents ended up sending me to this like week-long camp at the Huntsman Discovery Center which is like kind of like an aquarium marine research center here okay and I did like my dad was like oh we'll send you there so we don't have to pay a full like tuition and can just pay like a week long camp for you to realize you don't like this. And I came home from that camp and I was like, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's awesome. You're like, so I love this. <laughs> yeah, literally they were like, oh, you, like, you'll realize you hate it or like that it's not what you want to do. And I came home and I was like, so um, I'm going to be a marine biologist. And I was like, oh, good. Definitely. I, I think people's initial reaction when I, I tell them that's what I'm studying or that's what I want to do it's like skepticism and doubt and like are you sure that's what you want to do like you know often I get the uh you know that's not really a profitable um oh, career choice oh, kind of you're not gonna make any money from that exactly yeah um I mean and to that I'm like well have you heard of the water woman podcast <laughs> like, <laughs> there's there's t- like plenty of women out there making successful careers for themselves in this field so I don't really know what you're talking about but when you first say marine biology too like it sounds like oh yeah I study marine biology which sounds like just a such a niche like just this one singular field but when you really dig into it it's this huge huge thing there's so many different directions you can go in marine biology oh absolutely yeah ecology marine sciences like oceanography like it's absolutely huge this vast opportunity and so when you just say, oh yeah, I'm studying marine biology, like, like it's, you could be studying anything. It's so cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What were some of your favorite like ocean activities growing up? Like what really made you like fall in love with the ocean? Yeah, I, uh, so I grew up sailing and swimming and diving off the coast um, of Southern California and especially around um, the Channel Islands. There's this amazing chain of islands just, um, off the coast there that I, I don't think a lot of people really know about when they think of California, don't think of that, but um, these beautiful islands. And I grew up going to uh, Catalina Island a, a lot. Um, and it was really those, like those summers diving and swimming off that Island that, you know, like I really just fell in love with the ocean doing that. And it, it's funny because I didn't really realize till honestly college till like later in life how unique and special that upbringing and those experiences were um you know when I tell my friends about what I do back at home or when I've had friends like out on our sailboat before they're they're like they cannot believe that I grew up you know doing those things for some people it's so foreign um yeah but I those those that childhood that like proximity to the ocean and and that sort of thing is just like really what what shaped that and um I think more so 
learning, like, as I was coming to, as I was growing up, coming to college, learning about um, how, like, how, how the ocean is threatened in many ways, and um, how it's, like, the importance of protecting oceans and everything, and particularly the work that's being done down on the Channel Islands um, off SoCal, Um, seeing that, learning about the Conservancy, and, and seeing that as a a possible career avenue was uh, definitely inspiring as to like what I'm doing now as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I like learning about the relationship we have with our oceans and how it's so interweaved with our lives really helps you understand like the threats. Like you can hear about the threats all you want, but until you understand the dynamic between like our lives and the ocean, even when you don't live by the ocean, Mm -hmm. the threats are just kind of like, Oh, that sucks. But right. when you're really understanding how big of a role it plays in our life, it really is kind of, it almost drives your passion a little more because you're like, holy crap, I want to save the world. Yeah. And I think us who have had the privilege to grow up so close to the ocean almost have a responsibility to kind of bridge that disassociation sometimes because you almost can't fault people who, who live in the middle of a continent for not putting the ocean as their you know priority of their consciousness you know it's it's really hard to to know sometimes you know where your waste is going or how you know using consuming this one thing is affecting the ocean that's miles away from you so as you know uh people people living near the coast people who care who, who who see that every day we have like a responsibility to almost be stewards I think in in my opinion yeah absolutely it's kind of to remind people that like it might feel like out of sight out of mind but it can't be if we want a sustainable future it has to be something we think about and remember yeah yeah absolutely you do a lot of free diving right like that's something you're very interested in yeah absolutely yeah so free diving is something that I I like I said, I did growing up and everything, but didn't really realize was a thing until recently. Um, if that makes sense, like, Absolutely. I, yeah, I, you know, a few years back, I got my scuba license, and which was super fun. And it was like, oh, my God, I can breathe underwater. Like, I have gills, like, this is incredible. Um, and, but I remember after getting that certification, like, and doing my uh, certification dives I remember feeling like gosh I don't really like having this huge tank on my back and this big BCD around me like I can't move around in the water and climb under rocks and things like I usually just do when I'm you know just snorkeling around um, and doing that sort of thing and I, I my dad and I um, my dad is my uh, dive buddy <laughs> um, and I, he bought some little pony tanks to do some, some, just, you know, scuba diving with uh, on our own time. And I remember telling him like, you know, dad, I don't, I don't really like having the tank on my back. Like, I think I'm just gonna, you know, sit around, be, be free, you know? Um, and it really was, I don't, I don't remember how I kind of discovered this. You know, I think, um, I, I think I remember, uh, reading or watching something about uh Kimi Werner uh the uh, spear fisher woman and, and free diver um in Hawaii 
mm-hmm. learning about her and then learning more about the free diving as a sport and then you know of course that opened up a whole total like can of worms that once you once you once you realize that world it's it's infinite so um kind of put this like name to this this like style of diving I love to do and um I took a free diving course back in January with uh free diving instructors international um they offer like three certification courses where they basically just teach you how to how to dive longer and better and safer and it was super fun um uh you know we practiced our breath holds and everything and um getting down the first certification was 20 meters um and so yeah so I learned some basic skills there and I just love to do that in my free time um I I think it's you know like I said, without the tank and everything on, not only are you more free and mobile, but I definitely find that you can get a lot closer to to the life underwater. You know, yeah. often a lot of um, animals underwater, fish, are are scared by your bubbles or, like, by your big, like, uh, mm. regulator noise. Um, so when you're free diving, you're just, like, you're – it's you and the environment. Like you're exactly there's nothing else between you. Exactly. And I love that feeling. Yeah. There's definitely like, there's a time and place for both for like a hundred percent sure. Like there's, if you're doing something that requires you to be constantly under the water for like without coming up, obviously scuba is going to be your best option. And even then, like some people might prefer it, but I'm with you where like free diving just feels so much more natural to me. And it was, a almost weird experience realizing that like there was kind of a sport or a name for what I had been doing my whole life with like right just swimming and obviously it's very different but like it's what I had kind of been doing subconsciously is like how long can I hold my breath for how how can I maximize my time underwater while I'm here yeah exactly and it's crazy because uh, with that with that realization learning about this the sport of free diving I mean, people have really pushed the limits of, you know, what seems humanly possible and, but, uh, come up, yeah, come up with some techniques and yeah, ways of doing diving that really enable you to hold your breath longer and go deeper. And it's really like quite wild learning how to do that. And, and, um, I think it's really fun to, yeah, push myself to get better at that too. It is. And it's, there's something to be said for how much control it takes. Like I obviously don't do it professionally. I'm nowhere near professional. I'm not even that good at it, but the people that can dive for such a long time and have mastered like the control, the buoyancy control, the breath control, all that stuff. It is absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's funny because a lot of my friends, like when I tell them I'm going free diving or, or explain it to them, they're like, how are you not like, how do you not panic underwater? How do you, how are you doing like that? You know, I can't go just 10 feet below the surface without freaking out. But I think like so much of free diving is almost a meditation. It's, it's so meditative. It, you know, it's all about calming down and slowing down your heart rate. And so many of those professionals talk about um, when they get down there, it's just like 
pure pure peace just pure um just bliss and and relaxation once you're once you're under the water it's 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 such the opposite of what people would expect I think it's really one of those things that like where you can't think about it like the second you think about it and think okay I need to concentrate on holding my breath almost and like yeah obviously this is not a professional's opinion this is just my experience like if I'm underwater and I'm just enjoying myself under there, I'm going to stay under for longer than if I'm like, okay, I want to hold my breath for the longest I can. Like I need to um, do this and this and this. And Right. When you let go is when it's the easiest. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. I'm um, currently in this, uh, a Marine uh, mammals class um, that I'm taking this summer through the school. Um, and I just learned actually that, essentially marine mammals like whales and uh seals you know cetaceans and pinnipeds they they all dive you know using the same kind of reflexes and doing the same thing that we do um when we're free diving obviously you know they're much more evolutionarily adapted you know they can go down for hours (laughs) but um their body responses we we all share this mammalian dive reflex um where you know your when when your uh, sensory receptors on on your face and your navel cavities get wet, your heart rate starts to slow down. Blood flows from your extremities to your core. Um, oxygen is is um, differentially like brought to your brain and your nervous structures. The same exact thing happens in seals and whales that are going down these deep dives, they dive down and past a certain point, their bodies almost shut down. Like all, all energy in the body is diverted to the brain and like keeping the animal it's, alive and they yeah. just glide down. Yeah. It's really so wild. Cool. That was my favorite thing to learn about in my marine mammals class. And I don't know if you guys are doing the lab with it, but we did a lab where like we literally like I volunteered to be the person to stick my face in the bucket of water. Like we had a heart rate, we had a heart rate sensor on our finger, no and like we hold our breath for like a minute underwater, like watch the heart rate. And everything it was so cool. That's uh, it was so really cool. fun to stick my face in a bucket of water. Yeah, yeah. But oh it was so God. cool That's to awesome. just like learn about and like experience even and like it's one of those things that now every time I go underwater I'm thinking I'm like okay so this is what's happening this is why I can feel my heart rate slowing and almost knowing that helps yeah that your body was built to do it yeah that's the other thing I I tell people like no your your body can actually handle this like it is built to do this like it is we're not you know hurting ourselves by by diving it's it's yeah our um it's in it's in our evolutionary history that that we're um you know built to do this it's really quite cool we're basically land whales basically that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) (laughs) if you're looking for an eco-friendly alternative to storing your food and keeping it fresh and lasting a long time then i have the answer for you wax wraps hear me out wax wraps are a lot better than tupperware containers they take up less room and you can mold them to fit exactly around whatever you're trying to store or keep fresh. They're also so easy to clean and keep things fresh for such a long time. My personal favorite is Jilly Bee's Wax Wraps. 
Jelly Bee's Wax Wraps are a local wax wrap that you can get in New Brunswick. They're handmade using locally sourced beeswax and all natural and organic resins and oils. Like I said, they are local to New Brunswick. If you're interested in purchasing some, send her a direct message on Facebook or Instagram and she'd be happy to help you out. You can check out Jelly Bee's Wax Wraps on Facebook and Instagram at Jelly Bee's Wax Wraps. It'll be linked in our bio and also tagged on our Instagram. So check them out and get your wax wraps so you can start keeping your food fresh for longer. So you're also part of the Shark Stewards, that kind of group. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd love to talk about that. So uh, Shark Stewards is a nonprofit organization in the Bay Area um, that I'm sure you can guess deals in shark conservation. Um, and I found the group my, my freshman year here um, at Berkeley. Um, and I've been volunteering for them ever since and um, interning for them this summer. Um, and the organization uh, kind of has four initiatives, I'd say. Um, first and foremost, uh, the, the group was started to eliminate the shark fin trade. So um, as you know, I'm, I'm sure you and a lot of people listening are aware, um, sharks are fished for their fins. Um, and their, fin, their fins are uh, shipped to uh, produce shark fin soup. Um, which is a delicacy in Asia and basically creates high demand for, for this shark fishing. And millions of sharks, upwards of 100 million sharks, are estimated to be killed per year for, for shark fin soup. Um, and so what Shark Stewards has done is uh, banned shark fin soup um, trade in the United States. And... Um, is working to eliminate uh, FedEx's rights to ship shark fins uh, as well. Um, so that's one thing that the group has done. Uh, we also work to regulate fisheries, um, just update you know fishing laws, um, try and regulate overfishing, um, establish marine protected areas off the coast here. Um, California's marine protected areas have been shown to be extremely successful and um so shark stewards has ha had a hand in that and as well as reducing plastic contaminants in the ocean i've been a part of uh, a bunch of beach cleanups uh underwater cleanups too um and that sort of thing wow that's that's really awesome that's covering a lot of bases yeah yeah it's definitely a you know I like I said the the group started um it was started by David McGuire um who was a, a scientist and faculty at Berkeley here um and witnessed what was happening you know uh it, with the shark finning industry and basically quit his job and dedicated his life to saving sharks um <laughs> So that was you know, the first initiative, but it's definitely rounded out into a more holistic approach um, to shark conservation because obviously it's it's uh, it's a bigger it's an issue that can only be solved by several things getting fixed. It's it's yeah, it's not one problem; it's several problems leading to this yeah. greater issue uh, because. 
with sharks as, you know, apex predators in our ocean, I mean, most shark species, um, they're extremely important for ocean health. And um, obviously, they don't have the best rap in <laughs> mainstream media <laughs> after, you know, movies like Jaws and, and just the, the way sharks are portrayed um, in the media. People don't really, you know, seem to care. Um, yeah, it's kind of, they're almost construed as like monsters that should should be hurt or injured right yeah should be killed yeah you shouldn't care if they're killed or whatnot but um yeah yeah um but yeah so so while this is while this finning's going on you know people either don't know or don't care and so and so that's what um that's definitely one of shark stewards um kind of goals is to is to rewrite that narrative for sharks (laughs) i love that that's a really great, great project to be working with. Yeah, absolutely. And it's connected me with a lot of people with similar interests in the area. Um, I mean, the the president, David, like I said, has really been so kind and introduced me to lots of other uh, people in the field. And um, that's probably been my, my most valuable kind of yeah. takeaway from it. Um, yeah, just learning a lot from that. Is there a way that other people can get involved with this or where they can like find that or whatnot? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to Shark Stewards website. I believe it's sharkstewards.com. Uh, um, and there's, there is a tab on the main homepage saying, get involved, I believe. Yep, get involved. Um, <laughs> and, you know, obviously right now there's, we're, we're not doing any sort of in-person events or anything like that. You know, normally the, the fall is packed with conservation events. Um, it's because um, the great white sharks and several other shark species uh, during the fall actually migrate back up the, the coast of California up to the north. Um, right off San Francisco, we have the Farallon Islands, and uh, those are known to be great white shark breeding grounds. So we have this kind of event called Oktoberfest or Sharktober. Um, <laughs> yeah, where we're kind of welcoming the great white sharks back to the Bay Area. And there's lots of events surrounding that. Um, so there will be a lot of virtual events this year. Um, for If people want to follow along, there will be uh, information posted on the website. Um, as far as getting involved right now, um, I'm sure the shark stewards would love to hear any um suggestions via email um or anything like that if anyone has anything they like to say there's a there's a contact us function on the site and I totally encourage people to reach out I love that so make sure to check them out is there any like social medias or anything oh yeah uh at Instagram um shark stewards and Facebook as well Awesome. Perfect. So definitely check them out and get involved there if that's something you're interested in. Um, now, Kelly, let's talk a little bit about the podcast. So okay. I'm so excited that you were here helping me out. And it's just been so nice to have a second set of hands and even just like a second set of eyes to look over things and have some fresh ideas. So I'm so excited that you've joined on and hopefully you'll stay for possibly ever. I would love to. You know, I when I reached out, I really, I mean did not expect anyone to respond and when you did and you said you were actually willing to have my help and have me on I I really could not believe it I mean I 
I think, like I said, I think this podcast is awesome and just the voice you've given to women in the field and uh, whether you know it or not, the like amount of connections you're forming between women in the field, um, I'm just excited to be a part of it. I think I think it was a big shock on both our ends with those emails because like I remember like I got the email and I like ran out to my dad I was like somebody wants to intern for me like what <laughs> what I was so excited and I thought that was so cool and I'm like it's just I really love this podcast and it's my little baby so to have the fact that more than two people listen to this podcast even just blows <laughs> my mind every time. And I'm always so excited. And the, I'm so lucky to get to work with the girls and have these women and to have these connections. Like, I, I consider myself so, so lucky and so blessed to have that. Yeah. Well, I think this podcast is going to be big. I think, you know, water women love to hear about what other water women do. <laughs> It just comes with the passion for the subject, I think, at least in my experience. Um, So I think it's, yeah, 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 I think, um, I think this podcast is only going to get bigger as as more women hear about it. And like we said, it's such a big field that even if I talk to, like, I've had multiple people who research sharks on. Yeah. And yet, every episode is completely different. Right. Yeah. Because it's such a huge, diverse field. Yeah, Absolutely. And a while back, you had someone talking about paleo-oceanography. Yep. Which I thought was so cool. I mean, I've um, I've heard a little bit about it. Um, I'm, I'm, I research in the paleontology department at Berkeley, and, and there's one lab doing marine paleontology. But to hear the applications about what she was doing was so interesting. Um, and I don't think a lot of people would probably know that's a thing unless – they heard a podcast about it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The only so Kelsey, the girl that does that, is one of my best friends, and I. It was so cool to actually get to sit down like in person with her because a lot of these like ours right now is recorded via like a conference call kind of situation. Yeah. So to actually get to sit down with Kelsey and get to talk with her about what she does was so nice to actually like understand. And I, like, I learn something new every podcast, but Kelsey really presented it in such a digestible, easy to understand way, which all the women have done such a great job of. And I think that's what's so important is this can be such this huge, huge, complex thing. But yeah, when you have someone who knows what they're talking about explaining it, it just makes it so much easier to understand. You're like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you carry this podcast how it's more of a casual conversation because I think that invites a lot more people to to join the conversation and like you said it's digestible um and you know like like you said this is not difficult to understand and and so it's really breaking down some some walls I think that are that are put up in the field um and I hope encouraging other women to pursue um a life near the ocean and if that's in marine science that's that's great I love that you said that because any woman who's been on this podcast can attest to this before we start I always say this is more of a casual conversation than an interview because if you know me and I hope that you've kind of come to know me through listening to this podcast Uh I am like the least formal person in the world like (laughs) totally like a very casual person and I want to present that and I want this to be 
a discussion and a place where these women, like people can comment on the Instagrams or leave comments on the podcast and say, hey, I have questions about this or feel free to reach out to me and like just ask me questions or ask us questions or reach out to the women and ask questions. And I really love that it's becoming sort of a community, which is yeah. amazing to me. It just yeah, blows my mind. exactly. Exactly. I think like now in this time, I mean, wherever people are watching in our watching wherever people are listening in the world you know um just given the times with covid right now so many people are cooped up at home um and yeah i think i i definitely discovered this podcast over you know quarantine in the united states and it was definitely it was such an uplifting thing to to be listening to these voices, but also kept me really connected with my passion and like my vision. I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but it's definitely been difficult to stay motivated behind a screen, um, you know, for everything, for my classes, for my jobs this summer. Um, And so, you know, I know you launched the podcast back in January, right? Yes it's kind of like a very timely thing I think um you know really kind of feels like I planned it yeah (laughs) sorry everyone (laughs) (laughs) but I think yeah just given the the absolutely crazy times that the world is going through right now this this podcast couldn't have occurred at a better time (laughs) it really it worked out pretty well um it's so so when I started this podcast I remember saying to a couple of my friends like if I get past five six episodes I'll be stoked like absolutely stoked mm-hmm. and here we are this is episode number 29 yeah 29 awesome like we're we're over halfway through a year and yeah I the, like so we have people listening from 54 different countries which absolutely like I the fact that it reached anybody other than like people I have connected just like family and friends just I can't tell you guys how much it blows my mind and I love how many people are reaching out. It just, it's so exciting to me and like reading the reviews left on the podcast and on Facebook and Instagram just like melts my heart and makes me so happy that people are enjoying this podcast. That's incredible. I'm not, my jaw just dropped. I know you can't see, but (laughs) that is really incredible. Like there's countries on there, which like, I'm like, I have never heard of this country, but that is so cool. And I love, (laughs) I love people reaching out and it's one of those things that if you're ever interested in reaching out and being on the podcast, we absolutely love that. You can DM me on Instagram, message the Facebook. There's um, a connect with us page on our website. And we also have in our Instagram bio, there is a form that you can fill out if you're interested in being on the podcast that we would absolutely love to see and have people reach out to us. It just it's amazing and you all have such cool stories to tell that we want to hear and we want to share your stories so kelly where can people find you on social media if they want to follow along with you oh my goodness okay (laughs) um (laughs) go ahead and follow me um at kelly ann morgan on instagram um and with an e um (laughs) but i i you know i don't post a, a whole lot about my sort of involvement I guess in in uh, marine science but um I recently just like 
posted a few of my photos on a website to um, uh, for sale. And uh, a lot of those photos that uh, will be dropped soon are actually um, some diving shots that I've been taking with uh, a camera called the Nikon SV. It was, um, it's the fifth in a line of film cameras that were actually designed for Jacques Cousteau back in the day. Um, But yeah, they're really rad. They're um, completely amphibious film cameras. And so I've been taking some, uh, some film shots of kelp forests recently which I'll be posting soon. And um, I'd encourage people to check out that site. I'm um, matching and donating 10% of the proceeds uh, to actually, Jill, um, Miss Olismo, the, um, the yes, Minorities in Shark Science. So yeah. Carly, a couple episodes back, her, her foundation. Yeah, exactly. Love I that. just, I thought that was absolutely fantastic what they were doing. Um, and so wanted to find a way to kind of give them a little more support and they're almost at their uh, goal. Um, they're a financial goal to uh, support students coming to their workshops. And so, yeah, I plan to be donating a percentage of the proceeds to, to that organization. That's amazing. I'm so excited to share that. Uh, definitely follow along with Kelly. I am jealous of her Instagram all the time. Like you're living such as like beautiful Cali life that I am so (laughs) jealous of so I'm living vicariously through you (laughs) and again Kelly I'm so excited to have you join me on this podcast I don't know if you guys can tell yet but Kelly and I are kind of like salty soul sisters we just (laughs) vibe so well together so quickly yeah it's amazing and you are absolutely fabulous and I'm so excited to have had you on this episode Jill thank you so much I mean this was this was really just so fun and like such a pleasure and um yeah thank you for thank you for having me (laughs) thank you so much for listening to another episode of the water women podcast if you enjoy the podcast make sure you're giving us a rating and maybe leaving a review it really helps us out and we really appreciate them and love reading them you can follow along with water women on all our social media platforms you can find us on facebook and instagram at the water women podcast and on Twitter at WaterWomenPod. You can also check out our website, waterwomenpodcast.ca, for some interactive activities and for a behind-the-scenes look at each podcast and the woman behind it. And until next week, stay salty. Mm-hmm.